0: We can have very good reasons for not wanting to be vulnerable, but we have to work to overcome that and persevere through it because the fact is there are safe relationships, there are trustworthy people, and when we can enter into vulnerability in those relationships, that's where the door opens for so much greater intimacy and growth and relational connection, and all of that is so important in a small group.
1: Welcome, podcast listeners, to another episode of Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast, where we are all about going beyond programs, beyond best practices, and beyond curriculum to recover and learn from our Wesleyan roots and to explore the foundations for small groups that are organized to beat the devil and that produce disciples of Jesus Christ, who in turn disciple others. My name is Scott Hughes, and I'm the director of adult discipleship here at Discipleship Ministries. have a fun episode for you. I had the opportunity to... Interview Angela Schaffner. She is a licensed psychologist who leads therapy groups. She's an active member at Oak Grove United Methodist Church near Atlanta, Georgia. She has been the discipleship co-chair at her church, where they spearheaded their small group ministry. She's also led small group ministry with her or led small groups with her husband uh, for 20 years now, and she's a recent author of the book "Revealed: What the Bible Can Teach You About Yourself." Uh, Perhaps, uh, interesting to me anyway, she is a third degree black belt. That's pretty cool. And she also has a blog, Angela Schaffner, phd.com. That's A-N-G-E-L-A-S-C-H-A-F-F-N-E-R, phd.com. Also, before we get into the interview, I want to let you know that we're going to have a book giveaway. So the first person who emails me. Uh, My email address is shughes at umcdiscipleship.org, and uh, I'll get you a free book. So, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, Revealed, What the Bible Can Teach You About Yourself. So, here's the interview. I really enjoyed talking with Angela about self-awareness and how that can lead us deeper into uh, Christian maturity and also uh, small group leadership. And I'll have a few closing comments after the interview is over. Well, Angela, thank you so much for joining me this morning. I have to begin by saying I am intimidated. I think you're the <laughs> first person, at least that I remember, who is a black belt and a third degree black belt at, at that, I, I must say, is uh, um, for a mother of three boys, Yes. Uh, that, that's awesome. I mean, you have to utilize that a lot, I imagine, and make sure they, <laughs> they know that, right? <laughs>
0: that's right, yes. It's it's a great part of my life. It's a great stress reliever, and it's just a lot of fun. So it's been a great part of my life.
1: Well, good. Well, I think that'll uh, come through a little bit in our conversation today. Mm -hmm. Uh, So thank you for your time, for joining us. And where I want to begin is just by talking about self-awareness and the importance of self-awareness for discipleship. So Mm -hmm. say more. Okay.
0: Well, I think, you know, as a psychologist and just as a person, self-awareness has been huge for me. Personally, just as I learn more about myself, I find that my relationships are better. Mm. Everything about life just feels clearer and um, better understood. And of course, you know, there's still a lot of questions um, a lot of the time. But I do, as we get to know ourselves, we um, are able to understand more about how we respond to people and why we, we respond to people a certain way. Because almost every interaction that we have with somebody partially has to do with our own past and our history and our mm-hmm. lens through through which we view life, and it also has to do with that current interaction. So the more we understand about what we're bringing into that interaction, we can understand so much more about how to, um, you know, communicate clearly and be an effective leader, and you know just understand where our responses and feelings are coming from that may or may not, may or may not have something to do with the current uh, interaction.
1: Yeah. You know, two things that arise out of that is, at least for me, what you were, when you were talking was uh, when Jesus talks about abundance, yeah. right? living up an abundant way of life mm-hmm. and relationships, right? Relationships are so yeah. important and relationships, obviously when in a small group setting, uh, mm-hmm. We're coming up, uh, bumping up against people who bring their experiences, bring their, their baggage mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> into a, yeah, into yeah. a small group setting. Um, and so let's, let's talk then about uh, the, the need for uh, being self-aware, for uh, the work to, to, to how, how do we grow in self-awareness? Well, I guess mm-hmm. I'll ask, ask it that way. How, how do we do that work as a spiritual work?
0: I think there are a lot of ways we can do that. I mean, one thing I suggest a lot to clients or just to friends, anybody in small groups or just anybody who is wanting to, to know themselves better, um, journaling has been a huge part of my life. And I kind of readily mm. enjoy writing anyway anyway and doing that type of self-reflection. It's not for everybody. I've found mm. that some people just aren't journalers, and that's okay. You know, I do yeah. think some focused journaling for even five minutes can be really, mm. really beneficial for people. Sometimes people push back against it because they think, oh, journaling means that I have to sit down and write a novel about my <laughs> life or something, and, and it really doesn't have to be that. I mean, journaling can be a couple of words or it can Mm. be drawing or it can be however you express yourself, but it can lead to insight or maybe it can be in the form of a prayer. I've found that to be helpful sometimes. Mm, Uh, But journaling and, and asking the right questions of yourself. So, you know, I often prompt people to ask questions like, what am I feeling right now in this current situation? What do I feel like I need in this scenario? Um, You know, what does this remind me of that I've been through in the past? Questions Mm. like that can tend to help us just make connections between different relationships. And journaling, I think, and self-awareness is a lot about understanding patterns in your life and seeing Mm. those patterns play out so they don't surprise you again and again. Uh, when you start to see, oh, I'm responding to this person the same way that I responded to this other person in my mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. and you begin to see tendencies in yourself, and then they don't have to surprise you or be so unsettling, because you know that they're there, and you learn how to respond to them effectively and cope.
1: Yeah, and no, I appreciate you saying that about journaling, because I'm one who's tried journaling. It's never quite worked, and uh, mm-hmm. some of my experiences has been people who uh, advocate, you, sh- you should journal. I'm always like, yeah, I, sh- I should do that. Yeah. And they and they hold up like 17 volumes of their journals for the last year. I'm like, oh <laughs> gosh, that seems crazy. How do you have that yeah. much time? But That's I think, yeah, but where you're pushing us, I think, is the importance of reflection. Right. So to say more about reflection sure. and how that helps in terms of discernment, how small groups can utilize that, et cetera.
0: Sure. Well, so it definitely doesn't have to be in the form of journaling. I think reflection is sometimes just about pausing, which Mm. itself is, you know, a little bit radical in our culture because it's it's such a go, 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 you know, pack every minute, be productive um, Mm. sort of mindset um, that's prominent in our culture. So just taking time to pause, to step back, to ask myself, what's going on in this scenario with me and with this other person? and with my small group, and just taking some time to think about it and evaluate what's going well, what's not going well. And if you know, I think it's helpful to be more curious with ourselves rather than mm. judgmental. Mm. Um, and that's a really important part of self-reflection to try not, we're, many people are so quick to go to that place of, of self-evaluation and self-judgment. Mm. Mm. And it doesn't have to be that. In fact, I think that can get in the way and be an, an obstacle. If we can just be more curious, almost like um, a, a Sherlock Holmes type perspective, like mm. I'm just looking at all the details here. I'm just kind yeah. of gathering data from my interactions and my small group and what's going on with it, just in a non judgmental way, just trying to notice things and trying mm. to observe mm-hmm. and be curious. That's really yeah. what self reflection is. I think it's just curiosity and allowing ourselves to notice everything that's going on.
1: Yeah, that that's really good. You, several things were, were, were popping mm-hmm. in as you're talking about uh, self-reflection mm-hmm. um, and the importance of it. And, and it's something that, you know, I always use the phrase, the posture of curiosity. Yes. But I often use that in terms of what other people are saying and thinking uh-huh. Uh-huh. and not always applying it to myself. And so that, I think uh-huh. that's helpful of, you know, being curious of why did I respond that way in that situation? Mm-hmm. You know, because in small groups, sometimes you say something and you're like, why, why did I say that? Right. You know, I, I said something. Yeah. And, and I think you're right. That's pretty countercultural, you know, to pause and do some reflection and reflecting mm-hmm. work. And one of the things you, you mentioned um, in some prior conversation is the Marie Kondo's, um, mm-hmm. you know, Spark Joy Yes. Um, you know, does this spark joy? <laughs> I know <laughs> right. my wife has used that phrase and right. I'm always like, no, why yeah. don't, <laughs> Wait. Yeah. anyway, um, sometimes I think small groups don't always spark joy for people.
0: Right.
1: Right. There's right. Yeah. anyway, I'll, I'll kind of turn that over to you in terms of, sure. um, the function of small groups and helping us to be self-aware and so forth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I've, I find Marie Condos to be so interesting, and I've watched the show a couple times and read mm-hmm. the book when it came out, and she focuses a lot on material things and mm-hmm. clearing clutter in that sense, and I think that's something we all sort of relate to. Sometimes things get cluttered in our lives, literal mm-hmm. things, but what I love about that is I think there are so many other applications to it, relationally and spiritually, mm-hmm. we can also feel very cluttered. And when we don't have self-awareness, we go through our life uh, interacting in relationships in ways that can sometimes feel cluttered with a lot of things that we don't understand. And we may have a reaction to someone that feels really strong, but we're not sure why, or, you know, we feel a a strong need to rescue someone, or we feel a strong need to portray ourselves in a certain way Mm -hmm. um, around someone. And, So self-awareness can help us learn about why am I doing, that, you know, and just to step back and understand more about what's going on in that interaction that may have more to do with my general tendencies, my needs, things that maybe I need to be going to God about in my spiritual life and feeling some fulfillment there so that I'm not going into a leadership role needing so much. Affirmation, or mm-hmm. having that need to please people, or whatever it is that might be, you know, issue as a leader.
1: Yeah, I really like the way you said that because I, I, I do think in a small group setting, um, mm-hmm. it's ripe for these um, dynamics, these interpersonal dynamics to, to clash. And mm-hmm. and if we can take some time, because oftentimes we get so focused on the study, what are we learning? What are we? And mm-hmm. just take some time to step back and say what's happening right, right. now, you right. know, and, and, and then also um, encouraging participants to say, are you taking time to, mm-hmm. um, to raise your level of observa- observation about yourself and why you're doing this and why you're reacting this way? Mm-hmm. But because all of that, I think, can help towards the work of sanctification,
0: yes. right, is, is what That's I right.
1: hear is, you know, if we're going to talk about holiness, Christian maturity, it, mm-hmm. it takes some intentionality, and mm-hmm. I think small groups can help raise that one of the things you say in your book revealed is the bible functions as a spiritual mirror yes. it can show us what we present to the world in a spiritual sense and i think that the same function mm-hmm. applies to to a small mm-hmm. group mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that that's really helpful for us mm-hmm. to be very cogn, cognizant of the dynamics that are happening and mm-hmm. then not to be so afraid of them because what happens is we think, boy, I've I've seen conflict before. I've seen how this (laughs) ends up happening and we're headed down a bad road and we, you know, project. And um, so what advice would you give to small groups to kind of stop that forward process? And all right, let's, let's calm down. Let's, let's raise this in the Mm -hmm. small group in a healthy way. Any advice for that? Mm
0: -hmm. I, I think, and this is sort of, the theme of revealed is seeing ourselves in the Bible stories. Mm. And I think that inherently has a self-reflective component to it. Mm, so as we as a group cannot just be talking about content of Bible stories mm. or the content of what we're talking about, but we go into a process dimension of, of what, what is going on for this person emotionally and spiritually in this story. And how do I see myself in Zacchaeus or mm-hmm. Mary or any of the people that we might be reading about in the story. And, and I, as I've begun to read the Bible more that way, it really has a powerful impact on the relevance that I see in those stories of, that is modern and immediate to my life and working through um, different layers of things relationally and spiritually. And I think as a small group, if we can all do that, There's tremendous power in that, and that is going to be an experience that sparks joy because Mm. everybody is looking through a different lens into the Bible together and can pull out, you know, how is this immediately of modern relevance? And when you get a whole room of people doing that, that's really powerful, and we can learn things from each other, too, that we may not even see just looking into the Bible ourselves.
1: Yeah, that, that's really interesting and helpful, too, because oftentimes what I, I think can happen in a, in a negative way of, of kind of what you're saying is mm-hmm. we can ask the question, what does this Bible verse mean to you? And it can go in a thousand different directions that are not always oh, yeah. helpful. But I right. think what you're saying is different than that. What I hear you mm-hmm. saying is, what is God speaking to me through this scripture? That's right. That. I, I need to, to focus on, right? right? How do I hear God in this, mm-hmm. uh, not in this real subjective way, but a mm-hmm. much more um, self-reflective, how am I mm-hmm. living into the story God has mm-hmm. has given us? I, that's what I hear you saying. Is would would, that mm-hmm. sound right to you? Sure.
0: Yes, that that is true. How is God teaching me something through this mm. story? And a question I encourage people to ask is, so what? Um, you know this okay there 's this story, God is speaking to me, so now what? what mm-hmm. do I do with that what 's the relevance and what 's the application of that to my life, mm. and we can be a real support for each other through a small group setting in helping to discern what what that means in each of our lives, you yeah. know as we move forward with that story and what God is teaching us through it
1: yeah and and to build on an earlier point, you said you know sometimes. that the the answer of of so what might be, Mm -hmm. be still. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It might actually not be do anything. It might just, you know, just, just be, you know, just be still. So yeah, good. Let's transition a little bit and talk about leaders in small groups. How can, why, why do leaders need to do this work of self-awareness and how can that help contribute to a healthy small group? Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I think leaders have a, a important, an important opportunity to be transparent in their own process of self reflection, Mm -hmm. just like you're, you know, as a leader, you'd be encouraging everybody in the room to do, Um, you know, we're all in our own process of that. We're, Mm -hmm. we're, as Henry Nowen would say, we're wounded healers. Mm -hmm. And so we are, you know, as my training as a therapist, we were highly encouraged to do our own self reflection and, in becoming a psychologist, I'm always, in practicing as a psychologist, I'm always trying to pay attention to what am I feeling when I'm with this person in the room? What, it, what is informing what I'm saying to them? And, you know, we have that opportunity in small groups too, as leaders, to pay attention to not just the content of what, what is being discussed, but mm-hmm. is someone starting to get quiet in the room? is someone reacting to something that's been said, you know, and to tune into that Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: respond to it and to invite people to go deeper into the the topic being discussed. But we need to do that too. And we need to be willing to sit with difficult questions Mm -hmm. of our own and Mm -hmm. of other people. I think as a, as a small group leader, we need to create an environment where difficult questions are welcomed and, we need to not feel pressure that we have to have all the answers, um, mm-hmm. you know, that I I think the more we try to put ourselves on a pedestal and become this perfect leader, uh, you know, people aren't even drawn to that. People are, I think, distanced and intimidated by this image of perfection that sometimes leads will, um, you know, fall into trying to convey, and they don't become relatable anymore. And so the more we can be relatable, and the more we can connect with the experience of vulnerability and sharing ourselves um, in an appropriate way, of course, you know, with some boundaries. Right. Um, but
1: you, you can go too far with transparency. Yes,
0: <laughs> too you much can. information.
1: Yeah. You can,
0: and a good, you know, even as as a therapist, we're encouraged to self-disclose sometimes, but to use questions as a filter for that. Mm. You know, what is motivating this self-disclosure? Is this something that I'm sharing because I think it's going to help someone in, in the room, or is this my issue that I need to work out later? Mm, you know,
1: yeah, and that's good. I think
0: that's helpful as leaders, too. You know, what's motivating before you share something, just to kind of quickly ask yourself, is this for the benefit of someone in the room that I mm-hmm. think this is what they need to hear right now and may be helpful to them? And that's a good reason to be ch- transparent.
1: Yeah, to take that up even another notch is to. Even question, why do I need to be the leader? Oh right, right. Because we've probably all encountered the small group leader who needs Mm -hmm. to be needed, yes, (laughs) or needs to show off their knowledge. Right, right, yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, I I think we were talking about this earlier. I mean, there's there's some people who've come to me and I want to be a small group leader, and those are usually the ones I'm most hesitant about. Mm -hmm. Right. Why? why? (laughs) Right. You know, and it's those who say, "I'm not sure I'm cut out for this." Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what? That tells me more than likely you probably are. Right. Right. To, to right. come in with some, some vulnerability, some. Yes. Um, so, so say a little more about, because yeah. the vulnerability I think is such a key dynamic yes. in a small group setting. Right. And that has to be modeled. And, and you kind of named that earlier. I mean, it has mm-hmm. to be modeled for that to come through in a setting. And for right. my experience has been a small group will not survive unless there's honesty, trust yeah. and vulnerability. And yes. that, those are so hard to create in our culture. Yeah. Because we don't want to be vulnerable with one another. We, right. we, we run from vulnerability. And, and maybe I'm saying that too hard, but that's just been my experience right. adults don't don't want to do that. So how, what, what right. advice would you give for that?
0: Well, I would, you know, first of all, say we need to have a little bit of self-compassion around that. Because mm. usually if somebody doesn't want to be vulnerable, there's probably a good reason for that. Oh, and that's people, a good point many people fear vulnerability sort of for good reason. And maybe yep. they've been hurt, hurt times when they've been vulnerable or they have shared too much. And then that's come back to, to mm. be a difficult thing for them or, or maybe it's been a, a relationship where they thought there was a sense of trust and there ended up not being that sense of trust that they thought was there. So mm. we can have very good reasons for not wanting to be vulnerable, but we have to work to overcome that and persevere through it. Because the fact is, there are safe relationships, there are trustworthy people, and when we can enter into vulnerability in those relationships, that's where the door opens for so much greater intimacy and growth and relational connection, and all of that is so important in a small group. So we can facilitate that. Um, you know, I, I think we've all probably had the experience of, you know, I'm not sure if I should share this or not, and then right. take that step and it can feel like a huge relief to have been able to share something. And then that, that in turn, it's other people permission. Oh, if she can share that, maybe I could also share something difficult that I'm going through. And we have this mutual great experience of feeling more understood and feeling connected and intimate in that group. And that, that I think is something that just brings groups closer, helps move forward Sparks joy, you know, all of
1: that. So, yeah, yeah. that's the hope, right? Is right, yeah, you, know, you know, small groups sometimes may not spark joy, but as we right. do more work, the more difficult work of self reflection and mm-hmm. so forth, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we begin to experience a joy that looks maybe a little differently than what we had first anticipated, mm-hmm. right? That it, so, you know, yeah. so, um, yeah, I mean, I think part of that's just an encouragement. Uh, mm-hmm. For small groups, if things aren't going well, to to persevere and, and keep at it, um, right. and and that you know things very well make it better. I, I do want to give you a, uh, some moments here to say more about your book, Revealed. Oh, uh, I thanks. think people would be uh, interested yeah. in that. So I want to give you a minute to to plug that resource. So go ahead.
0: Sure, I'd be glad to. Thank you so much. I revealed is so special to me. It's something I've I've always wanted to write a book and this has been a wonderful opportunity and an experience with upper room that they've been so supportive. And uh, the book itself is a six week study. (laughs) It's made up of a series of 30 reflections and each reflection is some, some type of story that I'm sharing about my own life. And I have gone into some vulnerable places within myself to share different things that I've been through, um, an eating disorder, um, a miscarriage uh, experience and many other stories that, um, I hoped by sharing. And, and in each reflection, I also connect with some sort of story from the Bible and how that had immediate relevance for me in going through whatever my personal story was. So mm-hmm. it's a weaving together of scripture and personal stories and um, trying to see myself in the Bible, and encourage other people to see themselves in the Bible in ways that lead to healing and growth. And um, and then, so there are, the, it's six weeks. Um, there's five reflections per week, and then there's a weekend practice of mm-hmm. some sort on each of the weekends for people to try to apply kind of the theme through for that week. So mm-hmm. there are some themes like how your, how the Bible can. Um, what the Bible can teach you about how your relationships heal or mm. how, to, how to navigate pain or um, how to find joy and, and fun in your faith um, and different things like that. So that's kind of the format of the book. And it can be used in a small group setting. It definitely lends itself to that. It has a facilitator mm-hmm. guide in mm-hmm. the back. Uh, but it can also be used as an individual just way yeah. of growth and self-reflection. So I hope people will use it both ways
1: yeah i was going i was going to mention both those things a that there's a facilitator guide in the back and mm-hmm. two as i was reading through it i definitely could see if you're in a place where you, for whatever reason distance time mm-hmm. schedule you can't be in a small group mm-hmm. i would still recommend this resource as something to help help with self awareness mm-hmm. uh, because it's something that we need i mean we're uh, yeah. I've heard people say we're relationship poor in our culture, uh, um, yeah. and, and yeah. I think that's very true, and I think your book goes a long way to, to helping us because that that is a big part of growing in holiness is mm-hmm. our relationships. It's not just mm-hmm. simply, well, my individual relationship with God, and as long as I pursue that, I'll get holy part of growing in holiness has to be through relationships which are are difficult um, which you know it it requires healing and I think you're helping us to do that with the book so I really appreciate Mm -hmm. the work that you do all right last question that's that's kind of half serious yeah Um, just again because you're a black belt I just ever wonder (laughs) as a therapist do you bring that out like you know, Hey, I'm a yeah. black belt. You better do this. Like I'm not <laughs> just giving advice here. Like I'm a black belt. You better do this. You're Next right. time you come in, I expect yeah. this or else it's going to get rough in here.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not exactly in
1: that way. But yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I hope not.
0: But interesting thing I've done actually is I I love bridging and integrating things. And okay. I have used um, some Taekwondo in my therapy group. Oh, at cool. times Where cool. I teach people to, break a board and i teach them to do awesome. punching and kicking and what the way we use that in there in a therapeutic sense is i have people identify obstacles and fears that they're dealing with and oh. write those on the board and then over a series of weeks we learn some different techniques but it's also a therapy group and then they they talk about and have the opportunity to kind of break through their fears and confront fears so That's it's been awesome. interesting to connect those things too yeah
1: yeah, because those, those don't look, don't seem like they would go together. But now that you yeah. say that, it, I mean, it makes perfect sense, right? I mean, I could yeah. really, people who are more physical, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that would make a whole lot more sense than let's, yeah. let's just sit down and talk through things. The, right. to, to, the movement, um, mm-hmm. which I'll say a quick word there, in a small group setting can be really helpful. Movement. You know, mm-hmm. thinking about those sort of dynamics of let's get up and do this. Let's move around. Just yes. Being physical can be very helpful for some of the ways mm-hmm. people learn. I'm not that way, but I have a son who is that way. Right. He would never go to therapy. But if I said, you might get to break a board. Right. I'm right. in.
0: <laughs> yes. It, it, com- it uh, invites us to be active and to take away something in a, in a symbolic sense that you may not get just through talking. And there's a lot of therapies like that that are considered experiential therapies. So yoga is used in that way or art therapy. There's a lot of things like that. So I just kind of tried bringing Taekwondo into it and it's Why been not?
1: fun. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Well, yeah. this has been a lot of fun, Angela. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your book. And I, and I do recommend that. And so uh, yeah, thank thanks.
0: So this has been thank great. You. I appreciate it, Scott.
1: Really enjoyed hearing Angela's perspective. It it really is a pretty different perspective than what uh, normally we get, uh, at least for me. I really enjoyed uh, the the idea about self-awareness and how that can lead us deeper into discipleship, and how a lot of people feel very cluttered, and how a small group can really be a ripe opportunity to hold up a mirror to us. Uh, and I really appreciate her push to small group leaders. That was really helpful. I really also. I appreciate the, the opportunity we had to, to wrestle with that question of well, when we're studying the Bible to what, what does this mean to me versus what is God trying to, uh, what might God be telling me through this scripture or this passage? I think those are pretty different questions, though, though similar. Um, so anyway, I, I hope you enjoyed that interview. I know I did. Uh, hopefully we'll have Angela back again at another point in the future. And with that, uh, I want to give credit to those who helped make this podcast possible. Thank you to Blake, the technical director, Matt Carlisle, our web producer, and Steve Horswell johnson our executive pr- producer. So I hope you'll be interactive and you can reach out to me on Twitter, at Rev Scott's tweets, also at UMC Adult Form for adult formation. Send me your comments, suggestions, feedbacks. You can find us on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you'll take the opportunity to rate us and give any suggestions and comments. So until next time, peace. Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.